Charlie Chaplin needs no introduction. The man wrote, starred in, directed, produced, and scored all of his nearly 100 films. But did you know that his most thrilling story did not happen on the silver screen, but at his gravesite in 1978? I am your host, Peter Zablocki, and this is History Shorts. Charlie Chaplin was a legendary English comic actor, filmmaker, and composer who rose to fame during the era of silent films. He was born Charles Spencer Chaplin on April 16, 1889 in London, England. Chaplin's childhood was marked by poverty and hardship, as his parents were music hall entertainers, and he spent time in and out of workhouses. Charlie's start in the entertainment business began at the age of five when his ailing mother could not continue her act on stage, and the young boy had no choice but to step up and finish his mother's show. After a stint performing with children's dance troupe, Chaplin joined the vaudeville circuit, honing his skills as a comedian and actor. In 1913, he was signed by the Keystone Film Company in Hollywood, which marked the beginning of his film career, which would spend decades making him a household name and a very rich man. As he grew older, Charlie Chaplin's personal life was defined by many tribulations. In 1943, after three failed marriages, the then 54-year-old caused quite a scandal when he married his fourth wife, the 17-year-old British actress Una O'Neill. Already slighted by the tabloids, things took a darker turn when in the early 1950s, the House Un-American Committee targeted Chaplin as a potential communist. And although there was no proof to the accusations, the actor had enough of the abuse. Ulla and Charles moved to Switzerland to live with their eight children until Chaplin's death in 1970. One of the most peculiar events in Charlie Chaplin's legacy, often forgotten by history, occurred on March 2, 1978, when visitors to his gravesite in Switzerland discovered a massive hall instead of a headstone. The authorities that arrived at the scene found the actor's coffin stolen by apparent grave robbers without any significant clues as to the motive or the means. A few days later, Charlie's wife, Una, began receiving various phone calls from people claiming to have her deceased husband's body. And while most did not sound legitimate, one particular one did. The man who spoke with a Slavic accent knew detailed particulars of Chaplin's coffin. Requesting an equivalent of 600,000 US dollars for the return of the body, the man agreed to Ula's demand to see proof and send her a photo of the dug-up coffin sitting in an undisclosed field. Una met with the Swiss police and shared all her information about the correspondence, including the image sent over to her. She then informed the authorities that she would not pay the ransom. Charlie would have found that ridiculous, she exclaimed. The police, however, were adamant about having Mrs. Chaplin pretend that she would pay the money to give them more time to investigate and catch the perpetrators. Grief-stricken and emotionally unable to deal with the very thought of dealing with the grave robbers, Ula gave the reins of the operation to her 34-year-old daughter, Geraldine Chaplin. For the next few weeks, Geraldine spoke with a Slavic-sounding voice on numerous occasions and even got the criminal to lower the ransom price down to 250 thousand dollars. The Swiss police arranged a payoff twice in an attempt to catch the thieves, but they did not show up to collect the money. The detectives then took the time to trace the incoming phone calls, which they soon established came from a payphone in the town of Lausanne, Switzerland. Unable to narrow it down any more past that, the Swiss police began to stake out the more than 200 of the town's phone booths. It was not long after that when the police nabbed the 24-year-old Polish immigrant and local auto mechanic, Roman Wardas. 
After a brief interrogation, Wardus admitted to stealing Chaplin's body, an idea he got from reading about a similar heist and payoff in an Italian newspaper. Upon further interrogation, the Pole unmasked his co-conspirator, another mechanic, a 38-year-old Ganchoganev of Bulgaria. The two political refugees from Eastern Europe hatched a plan to steal the actor's body in an attempt to solve their financial troubles. Wardus and Ganev agreed to show the police where they stashed the coffin in a shallow hole they dug up in an abandoned field. Leaving the prisoners in custody, the detectives in charge of the investigation followed the grave robber's directions to a farm about 12 miles from Chaplin's estate. After a brief walk, police officers spotted a mound of what looked like freshly moved dirt. Charlie Chaplin's coffin and remains were finally found out in the middle of a cornfield where they lay buried for five weeks since stolen from their resting place. The police was quick to add that the body had not been touched during the entire ordeal. In fact, there was no evidence that the coffin was ever opened. With the news of the theft and the eventual discovery of the missing body in every major newspaper, people descended on the cornfield. The farm owner, taken aback by the five minutes of fame, put up a small wooden cross near the hole where Chaplin's body lay buried away from the authorities. For weeks after, people showed up to pay their respects and leave flowers in and around the empty hole in the ground. The trial for the two men was very short. In accordance with the Swiss law that protects the identity of first-time offenders, newspaper reports did not provide the names of the two men, apart from telling the people that they were immigrants from Eastern Europe who had recently received political asylum in Switzerland. Both men were trialed and convicted of extortion and disturbing the peace of the dead. As Wardus admitted to have been the mastermind behind the plan, he received the longer sentence of five years of hard labor. Ganev received a much more lenient 18-month suspended sentence. Charlie Chaplin's coffin was returned to the Corsier Sorvivi Cemetery and buried in the same spot from which it was initially stolen. This time, Ula would not take any chances of history repeating itself and ordered the casket buried under six feet of reinforced concrete. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to check out History Shorts on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you listen to your shows. You can also visit HistoryShortsPodcast.com.